creation life, which is continually being renewed into the likeness of the one who created you, giving you the full revelation of God. In this new creation life, your nationality makes no difference, nor your ethnicity or your education or economic status. They matter nothing, for it is Christ that means everything as he lives in every one of us. You guys, it's perfectly fine to add into this the other things that would be uh, points of division for us. Your political status makes no difference. Your stance on, on this candidate or this official makes no difference. In this new creation life, the team that you root for makes no difference. Because I wear this. For it is Christ that means everything as he lives in every one of us. If you are a believer, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, then he should mean everything. He shouldn't just be a part of our lives. He should be our life. He should be our life from which every other part thrives. It's it's good to have teams. It's good to have teams we root for. It's good to have uh, passionate about things, about issues that affect uh, our, our town or our state or our nation. But those are all just a distant second, third, fourth, wherever they fall into line to the fact that our identity comes from bearing the name of Jesus Christ. And that is what unifies us. And that's how we can stand in here and have different opinions different passions and different teens, but we come under the name of Jesus and, and we wear the banner of Christ and that is what unifies us. Don't you love the fact that the Father, when he looks out at everyone who's trusted in Jesus, everyone who's trusted in his Son, he looks out and he sees us completely enveloped by Jesus. That's what he sees. That's what our identity is. So what does that mean? That means when he looks at us, when the Father looks at us, he sees redeemed. He sees victorious. He sees loved. He sees obedient. He sees the work of Jesus Christ in our lives. Jesus is living in us and through us, and that means everything. I love that, that we're reminded that he's continually at work. We're continually being renewed. That's part of that, that work of sanctification in our lives as we walk following the Lord by the leading of the Holy Spirit, guiding us into all truth of, of Jesus, all truth of how awesome our Father is, perfectly exemplified by Jesus, that we are, we're walking and daily we're becoming more and more like Him. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God you're not the same person you were five years ago, ten years ago, twenty years ago. Thank God I'm not the same guy I was in that time frame or last month or last week. In Christ. That's what we are. And the other things, they matter-ish, they, but they don't matter most. I mean, I... I I like being a fan in order of like from youngest to I root for the Erie Tigers. I love it. I root for the Friends 
University women's soccer team Falcons for Cadence Plays. I root for Oral Roberts University men's basketball. They're crushing it right now. University of Alabama, the Raiders. Okay, I root for those teams. And, and I, I, I like it. I enjoy it. But that shouldn't be what defines us. I love being a husband. Love being a husband. I love being a father. But that shouldn't be my primary definer. I love being a brother and a friend and a son and all these things. Graphic designer, love it. Pastor, I love it. These aren't the things that should be our primary identifier. If they are, then, then our worth is easily shaken. Right? As a husband, I'm not perfect. Man, there's times I'm impatient. There's times I'm thoughtless. And there's times I'm just not a good husband. Most of the time, I think I'm a pretty good husband. But, there's time, but I'm not perfect. But in Christ Jesus, what am I? That's the way the Father looks at me and sees me through the work of Jesus Christ. So I want that to be my identifier as a father. I think I'm a good father. But I'm not perfect. There's times I'm not present. There's times my mind is on work, and, and it's not fully present with my kids. And you can say the same thing. You can fill in the blanks and say, I, I like this about me. I like this about me. I like having this part of my aspect. But our identity should be in Christ. It is Christ. It means everything as he lives in every one of us. Next verse, verse 12. You are always, everyone say always, and dearly, say dearly, you are always and dearly loved by God. So robe yourself with virtues of God since you have been divinely chosen to be holy. Be merciful as you endeavor to understand others and be compassionate, showing kindness toward all. Be gentle and humble, unoffendable in your patience with others. Gosh, I love that. Lord, I... I Yes, Lord, I ask for that. Unoffendable in your patience with others. What's the first thing we're told to do here? In this, in this passage I just read, what's the first bit of instruction we are given? It's to robe ourselves. Before we're told to be merciful, before we're told to be kind, before we're told to whatever, we are told to robe ourselves. Now, I don't have a robe, and if I did have a robe, it would be a bathrobe, and that would actually be kind of silly because we're not talking about bathrobes. That word robe is, uh, the Old Testament word for robe is mantle. We're told to robe ourselves. That word me'el, it's the Hebrew word for mantle, Here's how it's defined. A garment worn over a tunic by men of rank. I like that. A long garment worn by David's daughters. I like that. A garment of the high priest. I love that. You are men of rank. So clothe yourself as such. You are daughters of the king. So clothe yourself as such. You are a royal priesthood. So clothe yourself 
as such. And then, um, Christine, would you hold this for me, please? I have to close myself. closest thing I have to a robe. I like it because it all holds tight to the fact that that we are men of rank. So after I close myself, I can move on to the next step, being merciful. After I close myself and and I'm reminded of who I am, when you're reminded of who you are, that you're a daughter of the king, when you clothe yourself in the truth that you are a man of rank, that you are a holy priesthood, and you robe yourself, then proceed to the next thing, which is be merciful. Don't try and be merciful first. Don't try and be merciful in your own strength. Don't be try and be uber forgiving in your own strength. But I'm telling you this, when we robe ourselves with the presence of God, the mantle of God, Forgiveness, we can do it. Because he's bigger than the hurt. He's bigger than the offense. He's bigger than the betrayal. When we just try and do it on our own, we're flying our own colors. When we we put on the mantle of God, we're flying his colors. And we're not doing it alone. We are called to do it together. Put on the mantle of God. The robe of his presence and of the identity that I have in him. I proceed differently. You guys, too often we just walk mindlessly or thoughtlessly just trying to do it in our own strength. Do it in our own timing. Do it in our own preference, our own comfort. By the way, this was given to me by Josh Terrence, who uh, used to be a deacon at this place. He was in the Air Force now. He's a captain in the Space Force. And uh, he went to the, whatever the store, is it called, like the PO? Like what's PX, thank you. He went to the PX and he bought this and they said, dude, you like that's not an Air Force pattern. Like this is just an Army pattern, so you, you, can't, you can't wear that. So he gave it to me, whoop. so to robe ourselves in his in his virtue in the things that matter to him we're to robe ourselves in his excellencies we're going to read that in a minute maybe even before we move on is just can you take a moment and robe yourself in god's goodness we all walk in with different things i woke, walked in super excited it's my birthday my kids are coming over. We're going to eat shredded beef burritos. It's going to be great. I, I walked in thrilled and excited. But maybe you walked in with things, and I'm telling you right now, when you put on that, that robe of the Lord, it just it fades away. How will we lead? How will we lead? 
how will we rule? If we fall under the authority of the king of kings, and we, we robe ourselves in the identity of him, and we bear his name, and we're daughters of the king, and we're men of, of valor, how will we lead? How will we rule? So this brings me to the main point I want to make in this message. What is your calling? What is my calling? By what model will we lead? Service is a virtue of God that I want to talk about today. Service is the model by which we are to lead. So we're going we're gonna to stand in Colossians, but I want to read from Matthew 20 real quick. Matthew 20, 25. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, called them to his side and said, kings and those with great authority in this world rule oppressively over their subjects, like tyrants. But this is not your calling. You will lead by a completely different model. The greatest one among you will live as the one who is called to serve others because the greatest honor and authority is reserved for the one with the heart of a servant. For even the Son of Man did not come expecting to be served, but to serve and give his life in exchange for the salvation of many. Do you want to know how to condition yourselves to, to walk in mercy and kindness and forgiveness and, and a patience that's beyond you? Serving isn't the only way, but I'm telling you right now, it's a pretty great way. And this is really hot. Christine, would you hold this for a second? I'm over here sweating. I, I think we are to put on service. We are to put on serving. You want to know how to grow and exhibit the values of, and, and reading from Colossians 3.12, of being merciful and understanding others and being compassionate. Man, this is already getting daunting. And showing kindness toward all. And being gentle and humble and unoffendable in your patience with others. That's, that's quite the list. That's daunting to me. That's, that's bigger than me. But I'm telling you right now, when, when we put on the robe of his virtues, it has to include service because Jesus came to serve. It has to include service. So let me, let me ask you this. Is there a better way for me to grow in patience or grow in kindness or thoughtfulness, which isn't listed here, than, than serving? I, I can't think of any. Serve. Practice makes perfect. And reading this list, I'm telling you right now, some of the values of God do not come naturally to me. Some of the values of God do not come naturally to you. I know they don't, because some of y'all have been so impatient with me, and I don't understand it. Showing kindness towards all. Man, it's easy to show kindness to Susan. Man, she's, she's lovable. But Jacob? Serve. 
John 13, 35 says this. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. How are all people to know that we're followers of Jesus? If we have love for one another. If we have love for whom? One another. One another. Now here's like an uncomfortable truth. Jesus is saying the world, all people will know that you're my disciple if you love one another. And he's talking to the church. He didn't say they'll know you're my disciple if you love the world. That's not what he's saying. He said the world will know you're my disciple if you love one another. So I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you here. This, this should be a safe practice ground. The church should be a safe practice ground. We should be able to, to make mistakes with one another as we practice patience, as we practice kindness, as we practice these things, as we serve one another. Now, I do believe that the world needs to see our service and they need to see our love and that there needs to be a reaching out to these doors. I'm just telling you this. We shouldn't be making the world our practice ground when he has surrounded us with one another. And that there's grace and that there's understanding and where that we have the unifying force of Jesus Christ. Where that we discard all other differentiators and say, no, the unifier is Jesus. That's the color we wear. When we step outside these doors, all the division, I don't even have to list them, all the ways of division. When we walk into this place, we major on the, the major, we major on Jesus Christ. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Service is not the only way to love one another, but I'm telling you without a doubt, serving in the house of God is a differentiator. I went to a, a funeral yesterday. Um, my good friends, Will and Dawn, Dawn's mom went to be with the Lord. She's 83. And I'd only met her, but I didn't know her. Um, but I, I mean, I know Dawn, and she, her mom was her best friend. And as, as they honored her at this service, I, I started crying. Not because I was sad, because I, I really didn't know her. I was crying because it's a beautiful thing to honor one another, man. Honor is beautiful. Honoring people is beautiful. And I was crying because of the way that they were honoring Barbie. Friends, when we honor one another, it honors the Lord. When we serve one another, it, it honors the Lord, and we're serving the Lord. I'm serving the Lord right now in my gifting at this moment by serving you. But I'm serving him by serving you. We come second. We come second. We serve the Lord by serving one another. So... I don't know. I have a definition here I, I came up with. I, I think it's good. It's not, but it's not scripture. I'm not quoting scripture. This is my definition, okay? Service is practicing the values of God on the safe and understanding audience of the people of God so that we can have a more mature representation of God's values to the world. 
I'll get it again. Long sentence. Service is practicing the values of God on the safe and understanding audience of the people of God so that we can have a more mature representation of God's values to the world. We should, we should consider that an honor. Matthew 20, 27 says, because the greatest honor and authority is reserved for the one with the heart of a servant, the heart of a servant. That's right on the heels of, of Jesus saying, I, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. And he says, the greatest honor and authority that ties into that robe, that ties into that mantle. You want to walk in the authority of God? You want to walk in that mantle that he has placed upon us, that we bear the name of Christ? And we get to walk in the anointing to, to break the chains of bondage and death and shame? by proclaiming the word of God and Jesus Christ risen? It's an honor, and that's an authority. And it says that the greatest honor and authority is saved for those who have the heart of a servant. So let's get back to Colossians 3 to see other godly traits that are developed in us when we serve. So I want to pick back up in verse 12. You are always and dearly loved by God. So robe yourself with virtues of God since you have been divinely chosen to be holy. Be merciful as you endeavor to understand others and be compassionate, showing kindness toward all. Be gentle and humble, unoffendable in your patience with others. Verse 13. Tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith forgiving one another in the same way you have been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. If you find fault with someone, release the same gift of forgiveness to them. For love is supreme and must flow through each of these virtues. Love becomes the true mark of maturity. Verse 17. You guys might be familiar with Colossians 3, 17. In the, in the Passion, it says, put your heart and soul into every activity you do as though you are doing it for the Lord himself and not merely for others. Let everything we do be done to the glory of God. That is serving. Verse 23. Let every activity of your lives and every word that comes from your lips be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. And bring your constant praise to God the Father because of what Christ has done for you. God wants us to thrive in every way. Jesus said in, in John 10, I've come that you might have life and have it to the fullest. There's a thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that you might have life and have it to the fullest. And I'm letting you know right now, I'm just... There's no way to live life to the fullest without a life of service because a life of service is a life of honor and that service can be varied. But we are all called to serve. Now we get to practice in this place and we get to practice in this place with one another and we get to polish it up and perfect it and mature it so we can go outside of these doors and we can be Jesus to a world that needs to see that we're different. They need to see we're different. 
not perfect. We're growing daily. We're maturing daily. But committed. Bearing the identity of Christ. Not our own political or athletic or regional or racial. Identify him. He wants us to thrive and he doesn't leave it to chance. And so if you will do a search on serving throughout the New Testament, you will see it listed again and again and again. Serve one another. Pray for one another. Care for one another. Be patient with one another. Serve one another. Walking in a heart of service shows the world that we love one another. And this is a great thing. Because if we're genuine with one another, committed to one another, the world sees us. They see. The way that the world will see that we're his followers is our love for one another. Golly gee. None of us here are perfect. None of us here, you know, got their poop together. Not fully. We all make mistakes. We all have flaws. We all have insecurities. We all have weaknesses. Heck, there's, there's weak seasons. I might be perfectly fine and strong right now, and then on the horizon there's a season where I just, I don't feel that strength. But you know what? I'm still called to do life with you when I'm feeling weak so that we can link arms together. And it's not about my own strength or my own anything. It's not about your own anything either. I hope this, by throwing on the jacket, by throwing on the apron, that it drives home the point that we are to robe ourselves in something bigger than ourselves that reminds us of who we are. And then we proceed with the kindness and the mercy and the love and the forgiveness, and it's not of our own strength. a moment and maybe identify if the Lord just might be highlighting something in our lives. Let's just be still for a moment. just reminded of something just now just being before the Lord most often this is how I start my day I start my day by saying Lord what are your thoughts what's on your heart today and then I ask him this what's on your heart towards me what are your thoughts towards me because he has very specific thoughts in his heart very specific things that he thinks towards us and that's usually how I start my day what are your thoughts today? What's on your mind? What's on your heart? And Lord, what, what are your thoughts towards me? What's on your heart towards me? From that, I proceed with my day. Because you know what I'm doing in that moment? I'm robing myself 
with what he says about me, with his identity. Just in that simple thing. Even before I say, which I often say, Lord, what can I do for you? Lord, what would you have me do today? Lord, what do you want to say to your people this week? Before any of that, Lord, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? What's on your heart and what are your thoughts towards me? That's not too hard, right? We can all do that, right? Here's the hard part. Waiting for him to answer. Pausing with the expectation that if you ask him a question, he wants to answer. Listen and respond with your breath. Lord, I thank you for every person in this place. Lord, I thank you that we get to do life together. Lord, I thank you that we get to serve one another. Lord, we get to honor one another. We get to care for one another. Lord, I thank you that we get to have grace for one another and bear with each other's weaknesses. Lord, I thank you that we get to forgive one another. Lord, I thank you that this really should be just a, a beautiful, awesome, safe place of practice that we get to do life with one another and mature. Lord, the virtues that are upon us, Lord, because you're upon us. Lord, we just say, grow us, Lord. Grow us. That, that's your desire, we know, and it's our desire, Lord, to be grown in you as we are just constantly being changed to look and sound and act more and more like you. Lord, we yield to you. In Jesus' name, amen.